Welcome to the Two Old Guys Reselling Podcast. This is episode 39, and today we reveal the new old guy. Chris has left the show, and this is the new beginning to the Two Old Guys Reselling Podcast. And we are not going to wait any longer. We're going to reveal right now, right here, live in living color, the new old guy. So everybody, welcome the new old guy to the reselling podcast world, Josh, the Bama Jaybird reseller. Welcome, Josh. How's it going? Man, I'm doing great. It's good to be here. Awesome. So how do you feel about being the new old guy? Uh, it's terrific. It's a little scary, <laughs> but, uh, scary. but I, I'm, I'm really, really excited, uh, excited for the opportunity and thankful that uh, I, I've got this opportunity. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm just excited about what's coming in the future for the podcast and, and for both of us. So, Man, I'm excited too. You know, just uh, I, I did get some people reaching out, you know, saying, Hey, if you're interested, uh, I would be interested to be on the show, uh, had a couple different opportunities and it's not that I don't appreciate those opportunities or the other people, you know, it's just in the podcast world, you have to have somebody you are like-minded with and can mesh with and not saying I wouldn't with other people too, but I remember the first time I watched you, on your channel, I was like, this guy is the genuine article, the real deal. He is humble. He's great. Like everything good about a podcast. So I was like, this is, this is kind of the direction I hope we can go. And by the way, for everybody that's watching right now, and I thought I turned my TV on where everybody could see your logo, but it didn't work. That's all right. uh, but for everybody that's watching right now, that's not familiar with Josh, go over and we'll link it down in the description. All his stuff's going to be down there too. Um, subscribe to his channel. He's getting close to 600. Uh, we yeah. could get him pushed up closer to that 1K mark. That would be great. And get him uh, to the point that getting ready to be monetized. That would be awesome. I think oh, my would. computer died back there. <laughs> let, me, let me get it and see if it'll come on. There we go. There we go. There's Bama J Bird on the screen back there, but yeah, we're uh, we're excited. You know, this is this is uh, the new direction, and and you guys may notice we have this cool backdrop, and we got our banner down here, and it's just a whole new podcast, and we're looking forward to where this is going to take us. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Josh, maybe I don't know. Oh no, I'm a, look. I, I I've got you know. I, I told you I think when we first talked about this, I was already kind of considering trying to do maybe not this exactly, but something along this line um, mm -hmm. and just hadn't made up my mind yet to start. I was, I was kind of waiting on my other channel to kind of catch up a little bit and, and do a little better first. But uh, so, I mean, it was, uh, it, it was just amazing to, to get that message and, and to have that conversation because it, it just kind of confirmed, you know, I, I try to leave everything in God's hands and pray about stuff. And, and I really felt like that was the direction I wanted to go. And then it's like this door opened and, and it just seemed just seemed right. So uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about the future of the podcast. I think, uh, you know, I, I'm new. So I'll say this from the from the outside perspective. And, and even when it was you and Chris and I told you this, I, I, I feel like this podcast kind of, 
you know, occupies a little bit of a unique spot in the lane of the podcast that, that we watch and listen to. And I think that's important. And, and I hope that what, you know, we have to offer going forward, you know, I, I'm all about, you know, trying to encourage and be positive and help people. And, and, and I mean, that's, that's a, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Another avenue to do that. So. Absolutely. And, and that's, I agree with that a hundred percent. And that's not a, a slap or a insult to other podcasts. It's no. just on this podcast, um, you know, in the past and in the future and in the present, it's always been a family friendly podcast. I, I want to make sure that if I turn this on in my living room, that my children that are sitting there that are, you know, teenagers, I don't have to worry about what they hear. And right. again, that's not a, that's not an insult to anybody else. I'm not no. slinging mud or anything. Uh, just simply saying that's, that's a personal conviction I have and that I can hear from you too, that, right. you know, it just needs to be uh, a podcast of integrity, I guess is kind of what, how I see that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm excited, you know, like, uh, me too. I'll be honest when, when Chris told me that he was leaving, I, the initial thought was, will I keep going? I mean, the, the very first thought I had very few people in mind that I would even consider. And that's again, not an insult to anybody, but it's just, you know, uh, YouTube has to mean something or it ain't worth doing. Like it ain't right. all about the money. It ain't, you know, right now on the old past channel, I'm getting absolutely filthy rich. I've made $0 so far. So it ain't, it ain't about the money. Uh, yeah. I think I'm like a hundred hours away from being monetized, but still it ain't about the money. Uh, when you hear people talk and they say something about, you know, you helped me learn this or you helped me do that, or you helped me with this or whatever. That means something to know that there are people gaining and benefiting from what you say. Um, so, I mean, and that's kind of what I look for in a podcast too. There, there's all kinds. I know there's the goofy ones. There's the ones that just don't mean anything. And we kind of have fit into that realm too. We, we talk reselling, we talk wrestling, we talk sports, um, which by the way, I may never watch the NFL again. <laughs> I was just, I didn't watch the Super Bowl. I gave it about uh, five minutes. But looking back over this season, it's it's if I want to watch fake stuff, I'm going back to wrestling. I'll just say it like that. Yeah. I feel like they laid that out for yeah. Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, man. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. And, and people's going to be like, boo, this podcast. But, you know, I don't know. That's no. just too convenient. <laughs> yeah. It, I, it makes you wonder for sure. You know, I mean, we live in a we live in a world that it's it's sometimes hard to not think a lot of things are rigged somehow you know so yeah and it's all about money it goes back to money nearly every time so it's it's hard not to at least have that thought whether it's whether it's accurate or not it's hard not to think that way that is a true statement it all goes back to money money drives almost almost everything in our world today absolutely um so we do have some announcements coming we're not ready to make these announcements today um tickets will be on sale very soon for the the 2024 picking the plateau um highway 127 meetup that that'll be coming in the next couple of weeks we'll have some more information coming out me and josh have been discussing me and josh me and my wife his wife 
have been discussing. We're getting really, really close to finalizing everything. And uh, once we have it finalized and we're all on the same page and we're ready to roll forward, we're going to drop some news. And uh, I'll just say it like this, and I think you'll agree with me. It's pretty exciting. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm excited. Like, yeah. I'm honestly, I wish it was like July 30th right now. <laughs> you know? And it yeah. was time to go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I'm excited about this year uh, just all the way around because I know I've heard you talk about you know, how, how meaningful it was getting to meet some of the people that you've, you've met on here like us. We haven't got to meet in person yet and, yep. and getting to solidify some of those friendships and relationships that you build. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this year because, you know, Lord willing, I'll have that opportunity and others as well to try to, you know, finally make some of these connections more, more real, you know, than what they are just over YouTube and, and, and the telephone. So. Oh, absolutely. I'm excited about that. I mean, that's, that's just one of the best parts I think about for me uh, as I've moved into a, becoming a full-time reseller is that when you start networking with the other resellers and, and making those connections and the friendships that it produces that are sometimes unexpected, you know, not that you don't want that, but how quickly that can blossom. And, and, you know, when you feel like a lot of times sitting in your house, you're kind of sitting on your Island, you know, or sitting in your workspace. But yep. if you will, that, that's, a, I think, a great piece of advice for any reseller, even if they're part time. Take some time every now and then, you know, leave a comment, leave a comment on somebody's video when you're watching. If you really like them, comment. Uh, yep. You'll make some friends. And I mean, it makes what you're doing that much more meaningful. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I, you know, one of my favorite things on this channel and uh, the Old Pass channel, I love those comments. And I think to date, I've had like two negative comments. One was just, I, it really didn't even make sense. I don't remember what it was. It just didn't make a lot of sense. And the other one was just about uh, how I had ran a cord in my building and it was against code. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> oh, this isn't a residential building, first of all, so it don't apply. But whatever, you know, you're entitled to your opinion. I was just like, okay, thanks, you know. <laughs> but that exists in the world of, you know, YouTube oh, yeah. in general. There's going to be people that, they uh, they feel like they have the need to correct you. And mm -hmm. I just want to let this be known right off the bat, right right out front. Josh <laughs> is a troublemaker, a big troublemaker. He tried <laughs> to get me to change the colors of everything to crimson, which is Alabama colors. So, guys, we're liable to turn into a UT-themed podcast real soon. <laughs> I'll do all I can to help us out. <laughs> <laughs> there may be one of those. License plates that you know, house divided yeah. over here's Alabama. Over here's yeah, that wouldn't be a bad idea. <laughs> I mean, be unique yeah. for sure, right? Um, but yeah, we, we're excited. We've got, like I said, uh, news coming, so keep your eyes open and your ears open because the, the news we got coming is exciting for us. We hope it's exciting for you guys, and uh, we're looking forward to it. But yeah, uh, you know, just exciting times. And, and you talked about the networking. That was my favorite part meeting, you know, some of the people we met was just, I mean, everybody really was, was just great. I mean, you always have this fear about, they say, I know this ain't necessarily right, but they say, don't meet your heroes. Well, you know, you meet people that you see on YouTube, mm -hmm. you get to know them a little bit and you're like, well, I wonder if they're really like that in real life. So everybody that came last year that I met, you know, we talked to everybody was, was exactly 
if not better than they were on YouTube. And I don't know how many times I've said it. Like if I want to watch a uh, scripted show, I'll go in and watch Andy Griffith or something like that. You know, if I want to watch actors, the best YouTube channels are the ones that are just themselves. And Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, me and you both, we try to come up with topics and things to help people, but we're just doing it from our personal experience. And, uh, that's, that's the best kind of YouTube to me. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I like to learn and be entertained. I, I do, but, but mm-hmm. learn too. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think the entertainment side, I think we, if we're not careful, we'll, we'll de-emphasize that not realizing that at the end of the day, the thing that keeps someone coming back to the channel is the fact that whether we feel like we're being entertaining or not, or doing anything scripted or special, there, there is that, that connection there, you know what I mean? And, you know, my, my flavor is not going to be everybody's flavor. You know, we don't always eat the same ice cream and that's okay. Butter pecan. Yeah. I mean, that's what, that's what I meant with the podcast a while ago. Like you said, it ain't, it ain't about trying to categorize some are good and some bad. That's not it at all. It's just, I think it's important for any podcast or any YouTube channel. Like we're in a crowded space in reselling. If we you can't find some people. way to, to stand out, you know, and it's gotta be by being yourself. But if there's not something that makes you unique, and most people are out there trying to copy others that have already done that. Mm-hmm. You know, the information is going to be the same. So the only way we can stand out is in how we approach it, how we deliver it, our own personalities. I mean, there's only so many things that can set us apart. So if we don't play to our strengths and be true to who we are, then I think, you know, we're, we're really setting ourselves back for growth anyway, really making it harder. Yeah. So, yep. You said it right. Some are good and some are gutter podcasts. That's, that's the truth. <laughs> no, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no, but so how how has your uh reselling been going? Like your this is gonna turn into oh, a reselling man. podcast. What in the world? We gonna yeah, we will get that? to the wrestling content very soon. Yeah, yeah. can't leave that off. Important things going on. Important stuff. But, uh, you know, it's it's been up and down for me. I I I first at the at this turn of the the new year i thought it was you know i was kind of surprised because i felt like my sales had either stayed the same or even maybe gotten a little better for the first couple weeks but i've really seen by the middle of january to now uh you know i've kind of seen that that kind of a plateau being reached and there's been i've had a lot of off days now part of that's me we've had a lot going on uh we had um we had that freeze down here and i know it's you know we're southerners so we can't deal with weather but but there was actually some problems. We we've got a mine that was opening up, and they they didn't warn the the one of the local water distributors that they were going to be pouring concrete, and they completely drained a water tank. I mean, it went mm-hmm. empty, and so when that tank went empty, one of the other tanks started trying to feed the pressure back to people in that area, and before long, they had three tanks that went empty. We had like several thousand people that had no water, and some for up to oh, ten wow. days. Yeah. So my mom and my brother were both living with us for almost two weeks. And so it it was, yeah, it kind of, since I work out of the house, it made things really interesting, you know, having, having a high school. So I I didn't get a lot of listing done. I was just doing good to to stay caught up. I mean, I did some, but it's hard to have people sleeping in every open space, you know, (laughs) living room, you know, everywhere. So I've experienced a lot of the same. Uh, I had a really good January. Not as good as the fourth quarter, but I mean, it really right. didn't slow down a whole lot. Well, as soon right. as February hit, I don't know if you remember eBay updated their app, which that kind of affects mm-hmm. everything. 
they changed some stuff. The offers wasn't working right. Um, right. I actually tried to, I bought my daughter some books when my wife bought them, but they sent me an offer. And when I would click on the offer, it would just take me to the listing and it wouldn't let me even see the offer. And I'm like, oh, I bet this is what's been going on with people. Like they, you know, your offers are basically not doing yeah. anything. And uh, I was like, Hey, no wonder because I generally run about 250 average a day. I got down to like a hundred, but I mean, it dropped way, way, way down for me. And, uh, it wasn't until this weekend was another really slow weekend. Like we had about $300 for the total weekend. And I was like, this is, you know, and I, I'm not complaining. I, I don't want people to think I'm complaining, Exactly. but it's just, it's not normal. So it, it was down to about 300. And I told Tanya, I'm like, this is so odd. Sunday turns on when I woke up Sunday morning, we had $350. So I'm like, well, something's changed. I go to the app offers are working, right? The app's working, right? I'm like, they fixed it. We ended up with $850 on Sunday. Like it went boom. Wow. Now today, wow. yeah. today is 50 bucks so far, but I think it's working and I don't expect to do that every day. You know, like I don't expect to make, five six hundred dollars a day that's not what i'm saying but i can take you back to a year ago when ebay was just up and down up and down mm -hmm. and uh, it really seemed like we were back to that for about two weeks so i was really happy when i seen offers working and everything working and our weekend went from 300 to like almost a thousand fifty just because of that one day and i was like okay right. that, you know no complaints here but uh yeah it's been an odd an odd couple of weeks on eBay. And I've wondered, I know this is a time of year where it typically is a little slower than at other times anyway, but I've wondered with, you know, I, I don't know that how many like complete changes they've made. I know they do updates, but I know right. they've been doing a lot of beta testing ever since they released like the AI stuff. There's been a lot of different beta tests, whether it was, you know, like I liked this one feature on the, the handheld app when, uh, when you're using your phone where they put the skew right there at the top where you didn't have to scroll all the way down to the bottom of item specifics. I liked that. I had it yep. for like four days and it disappeared, you know, <laughs> and then, and you know, now they got it set up where if you go into your active listings, they got a drop down tab on the, the app on the phone. You've probably seen this where you can start sales and offers from that spot, like start promotions. So like yeah. if you want to run a 10% off sale or whatever, that type of thing, they have access to that without having to go into the computer, you know, into your, your, uh, your studio for that. So um, that's pretty neat. Yeah. At least I have it. Maybe a beta test again. I don't know. And I wonder how much those things affect the efficiency of how it overall runs. Sometimes. Yeah. Really? Like I don't do, I send offers from my phone and I do comps from my phone, but I don't do a lot more of anything from my phone just because, you know, when I was growing up, I always had a desktop, and I've got this two screen set up out here and I do everything right here. Like I, like I said, I'll send offers, but I don't list. Uh, I used to drop my drafts from my phone, but I like to keep up with a momentum board on a spreadsheet. So it's hard for me to, I'll have to do it at separate times. And I just, I do pretty much everything out here, but, but it's like eBay has been taking a good step forward and two bad steps back. That seems to be the, the pattern they're on. Now, if they can ever get it all worked out to where all the good stuff's working and all the bad stuff's gone, it's going to be pretty sweet. Oh, yeah. And it got a whole lot better during 
the end of the year, you know, after everything kind of started working again, it got a whole lot better, but I, I dread it when I see like the, uh, the spring, the spring update that's coming. Right. <laughs> I, I dread that, you know, I, I don't look forward to that spring update coming out. You know, and the, the biggest problem I've had, and I've heard this from a lot of other resellers watching their content, the biggest issue that I've had in the last couple of months, and it's not been, this really probably started back sometime after the summer and it was kind of up and down, but, but the, yep. when, when you're trying to run comps and you're trying to, to limit your search results, I mean, it's some of the stuff it's doing to me that it didn't do to start with is crazy. I mean, like, cause I do like, for instance, you know, you know that I sell some clothes, I would sell everything, but I sell a good bit of clothes too. And so like, if I punch in like a Ralph Lauren, you know, polo shirt, and I've, I've already got it men's, you know, sometimes I can say, okay, well, I want to add one thing to that search to narrow it down a little more. I add something to it and I know that resets the search sometimes, but it don't just do that. Like sometimes on the category, like where it was in category all the way down to men's polos already for me, all of a sudden now it's searching every active listing on the, the whole platform. And I've got to go in there manually, even though it says Ralph Lauren polo men's, <laughs> it's got the color, it's got the size. I've got to go all the way back in and go to, you know, all listings, choose the men's clothing, choose shirts, choose you know and it's it's it every step it just it it i mean it's not a ton of time but you know when you know how it is when you're feeling pressure and trying to get listings up yep. it's like every time you're losing 30 seconds to a minute having to go through unnecessary steps it's like come on i was one click away from being there and you sent me all the way back to this you know and so, so that that makes me wonder like uh two questions do you worry about item specifics on your stuff and do you use business policies I don't use business policies. I've looked at them. I've thought about it. Now, I, I think there's some benefit in that at some point down the road. I just don't think I've been so focused on growing the store that I, I think once I get to the point that I'm comfortable with on that, I'll probably, when I'm, when I'm in a maintenance mode, I think yeah. I'll go back and look at more of that stuff. But for right now, most of my extra energy is not being put into that. But now uh, the first part of the, remind me of that first part of the question. My brain went yeah, no, on the item specifics. I do check those. I, I think they're more important than than what some people realize. Um, now, I don't know how true this is, but, I, you know, I do a lot of research. I don't know about you. I do a lot of research. I, I read. I, I try to learn as much as I can, of course. I'm not always good at applying it all immediately. But um, but from what, I, from what I've read and from what I've heard from other resellers and, and then read, like, even through some of the discussion boards on eBay, it can sometimes impact your placement in results, like how complete your listing is, of course. So yeah. if you've got one of those listings that you've got a great title, but you've only got the minimal, like sometimes it won't let you finish the listing. It'll say, you've got to add this item specific. But if all you're doing is the very minimum bare bones on the item specifics, then I think that maybe sometimes affects how your, your item will land after it's been up for about a week. I think, you know, instead of being on page three, you might be on page 23, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and that matters. So I, I do think they're important. I think some people go overboard. And I think it's really important if you're if you're doing a sale similar off of what looks like a really complete and good listing. You, you better check the item specifics because yeah, you better. people put so much stuff in there and it's misleading. So if you don't yep. want to have bad questions that you waste your time answering and and the potential for returns because it's not as described, then you better be careful about that part. Make sure it's your specifics. I do think there's one trick to avoid doing it. And I do this and, and it's because I try to save time and 
get it. I do the business practices first of all, because like the payment policy, I never have to mess with it. It's always going to be buy it. If you buy it now, you're paying now, you know, on a, just a regular purchase. Obviously they still don't have, uh, you know, the, uh, offers fixed. That's, that's probably never going to work right. Um, but I do like, because I do free shipping, so I don't ever have to adjust it. It's just always set to free shipping. So I don't even have to check the box and I do free returns. So it's always set to that too. So if you do those things, if you know, Hey, I'm doing free returns, I'm doing free shipping, yada, yada. You can set your business policies and you can skip all that mm-hmm. as I do. But the one, the one trick, you know, I, I started to do a lot of the policies, which man, you must be a true re, eBay reseller because if you sell clothes like you do, you got to love it. Or I would probably quit if I had to sell clothes. Cause it just is what it is, man. It is what it is. And there's money there. I, I'm not, you yeah. know, people say, Oh, there's money. I agree. There's money there. Like, I don't know, you know, Corey over at Grams and Pops, he calls them sparkle butt jeans. Yeah. I, I would not know a good pair of sparkle butt jeans if they slapped me in the face. Okay? Right. I just, I wouldn't have a clue. But the, the trick that I think that I've learned mm-hmm. and the, the reason I do this is because our buying cost is low. But if you promote your listing, I think it kind of supersedes some of those specifics. Like take, for instance, you said, well, you're on page 23 instead of page three. If you promote your listing at 5%, you probably just jump back to page three. You know, like it, mm-hmm. it kind of kicks you yep. to the front of the line. And I do that because I come into stuff, honestly, right now, this year, we're sitting at like 6%, 5 6% buy-in cost for the value of inventory we got. That's crazy yeah. low. So if I promote it 10%, which I do promote it 10 or 12, I can't remember. Um, if I promote that high, it's okay because my, my total at the end of the day is still going to be like 50%. And one thing I've learned about promotions is if you promote – your listing, it, it really does increase your sales, you know, 20, 30%. It's not a hundred percent of the time, but on average, if you want to do the math, you will get a bump. You will. Now you may suffer from time to time and then get a really good date. Like that's typical. Right. But I had noticed I'm basically paying for more sales is what I'm basically doing. Yeah. absolutely. And and I'm okay with that. If I make, Mm -hmm. X amount of dollars by doing that. It's just a marketing technique, you know. It it's is. Not- uh, you know, visibility. Visibility is probably the most important thing for selling. I mean, that, that's what it comes down to. If people aren't seeing your product, and I, and I may be getting this wrong, somebody can correct me in the comments if I am. But I believe I read this the other day that I don't know what the research software was that, that they used, but it was somewhere around seventy five percent. They said a buyers never go past the first page to make their purchase. So if it's not if it's not in that first page of listings, like most people, you know, I've been there. You know, you when you when you got limited time, I need this item. Yeah. You can't spend forty five minutes or an hour trying to find one that you make that you get for like ten cents less. So you know, you're gonna however they limit or sort their results, they're gonna buy on that first page. So I think I think there's different strategies to getting on that first page. You know, when you talked about how you know the combination of things you do, doing free shipping doing the promotions, knowing what you have invested in your items. You know, I think that's the key for every reseller is to make sure that you have a good understanding of what approach it is that you're taking. See, for me, 
I don't do hardly any promotions. I have some out of some promotion that's been in the store a while, but I rarely use promotions. And what I do is I try to look at, okay, this is what the items are selling for. But, you know, these, these listings that are similar price range to mine, well, they got it on promotion. They're losing another 5% or 8% or 10% of their sale. So I can leave my price with their price or I can just out of the gate, cut my price $5 under theirs, you know, or something like that, which might still be leaving me with $2 more than they get after they paid their promotion. And I become the most competitive price. And so I'll miss sales for people that just do a general search and don't do a lot of sorting. But for the people that go in there, that percentage of people that like, that are like me, that are always going to say lowest to highest, I'm going to pop up near the top or right at the top, or that's my expectation. And yeah, so that's kind of my approach. You know, I mean, I, I try to price mine. I want to get as much as I can, but on like common items that I'm picking up regularly, that bread and butter type stuff, then I want to find that price point where I know I can move mine still, like you said, make a good percentage profit back off of it. And I think I, I have to be more careful about that right now because a lot of my sourcing comes from thrift stores. And yeah. so when you're having to pay a thrift store price for items. Sometimes you get a great deal, but a lot of times, you know, your, your profit margins already being shrank because of your cost of goods. So my yard sale stuff, man, I totally can see it. If I was buying 90% of my stuff at yard sales, then I could probably approach that. I think that free shipping model is a good one because I think we all like to know right then exactly what it's going to be, not add it to the cart, click on it, then look at it and be shocked at how much shipping you're charging. Oh yeah. Well, my thing, I kind of learned coming out of the gate and this is a lot of resale talk, man, (laughs) but I kind of learned coming out of the gate when I got familiar with everything, you know, I learned my shipping patterns. Like, you know, this big item is going to be 25 bucks on UPS or whatever. So I learned pretty quick how to build in a lot of my shipping costs. If I, if I need 20 bucks to ship this, I will come in as competitive as I can with enough to cover as much of the shipping as I can. Mm -hmm. I do lose sometimes and I do gain sometimes, you know, people say, Oh, you're, right. you're making some of that shipping. That's true. It probably comes out pretty even if truth be told. And it's the same with flat rate shipping. If I charge $25 and it costs 15, do you expect somebody to go in and refund every single sale? Well, no, because you're not going to go ask the other guy that it costs $10 more. Hey, would you, be willing to pay $10 more, you know, that's just not how it's going to work. But, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just in our world today, Amazon kind of wrecked everything for that free shipping stuff, man. You, you either have yeah. to be super competitive right. or free shipping is going to be the thing of the future. Well, I think that's, that's what I was kind of getting at is it's, it's not, I think one of the mistakes a lot of people make, well, I felt like when I was a teacher, this was made a lot in trying to correct, you know, learning problems. People, People want to pick, okay, I'm going to do this to fix this problem. Now I'm going to, I'm going to pursue the pathway A. And then you put A into motion and you don't even stick with A long enough to learn it well and to be able to apply it well before you decide, oh, A is not working. So now I'm going to do B. Yeah. I'm going to mix a little bit of B with A. And, and that's why I say, I, I don't think, I don't know that there's a bad approach if it's well understood, well constructed and well applied. For, for the reselling as far as whether it be the free shipping model, maybe something like I do uh, where buyer pay shipping, you just have to really understand how to use it best. 
and yeah. don't you can't fly by the seat of your pants at some point you got to put some thought into it because usually if you're not selling it's that eyes aren't getting on it and if yeah. it's too high it's gonna it's it's eyes aren't gonna get on it i mean you can promote yeah. the you know promote it like crazy but just promoting it only if it's way too high they're still going to pass it up yeah you know so I mean, you got that random buyer you can't explain that probably has, you know, 10 times the money in their pocket that we do that number one pops up, buy. But, you know, yep. you don't get many of those sales through the year. So, <laughs> no, that's, you don't get many of those. No. Well, let's, uh, let's, well, I was going to say, I apologize too. I, I forgot this was a wrestling podcast for a minute. <laughs> I got sidetracked <laughs> on that reselling talk, man. <laughs> I know it's, it's uh, easy to do. <laughs> well, I don't know if they're still doing it, but, uh, Ray Nashville Flipper and Jimmy Old School Flip started a podcast about wrestling. I, I don't know if it's still oh, going man. or not. I know they did a couple episodes, but I think we might have uh, spurred on some some wrestling intrigue in the community. But uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's pivot and let's hit them with a dad joke. You want to? Okay. You got one? I got one. Go I'll hit it. you with it. And then now if you don't know the rules, this is how it works. I hit you with a dad joke. You hit me with a dad joke, and then you find out that I won. That's how this works. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's how it really works. We'll see about that. I'm used to yeah. winning at everything. So, <laughs> uh oh, well, this this may be a uh, this may yeah I don't know. We'll see. Okay, so why why did the Invisible Man turn down the job offer? Couldn't see himself doing it. Gosh. <laughs> Week one, and I am defeated. <laughs> Wow. Oh, How about this one? Um, what did one hat say to the other? Hmm. What did one hat say to the other? Oh, I don't know. You just wait right here. I'm going on ahead. Wow. <laughs> I knew it. I was trying to think about something ahead and it just didn't come. So. Okay. That, yeah. So, I concede you win this week. That's the, now I'm not going to be nice anymore after this. <laughs> you better load it up. <laughs> oh gosh. That's I'm getting concerned now. <laughs> oh, so. Oh me. Now what about sale of the week? What did, uh, you have anything on sale of the week? Well, I've got two things I want to mention. I think, well, two or three, I'll try to keep, I should just do one, I guess, but. Uh, if they haven't seen it, I did a video uh, last this last week on selling a, a Big E Levi's denim jacket that my wife had actually found probably six months ago in Montgomery. And uh, we paid $25 for it. And I had it priced really high. I had it priced at $5.99. But I got wow. an offer of $460, $460 and took it. That's why I sell wow. clothes. So, yeah, you know, I mean, you need to I at least know. know those certain things to watch for because you never know what you'll run into at a yard sale. That's, a, that's that kind of flip. But uh, also, uh, over the weekend, I sold uh, invisible fence collars and, and the invisible fence products. If y'all don't know to look for those, man, look for that stuff because it's got a high sell through and the sell price on that stuff is high. It was an old collar. Like this is like generation wise. It's probably from 15 years ago and it still sold for two hundred dollars. And I bought a bag. <laughs> yeah. I bought a bag that had two collars, two collars and nine power caps in it for six bucks. And I've already wow. sold a collar. I've already sold a collar for two hundred, and I think I sold the seven of the caps. I sold a collar with the cap, and then I sold seven power caps. I think they went for seventy nine, something like that. He's so, and I've got That's another collar. Yeah, it's going to be about five hundred bucks, almost the stuff for for a 
you know, $6 investment. This is weird. You really sell stuff like this podcast ain't used to this. <laughs> How about that? Well, also, I also sold a pair of uh, shoes, you know, since you don't sell clothes, but oh, I, I sold a pair of, uh, man, I do too, but now not when I get them like this. I try to, I've, I've learned, I've learned to, that if I buy stuff I got to work on very much, it'll just set. But if yep. I will cherry pick, if I'll cherry pick stuff that I know I can bring it home and pull the sticker off of it and list it, I'm yep. going to list that as soon as I get home when it's good. So I was yep. at Goodwill uh, about a week ago. I haven't even put this, I've, I've got a picking video I've got to do on this. And uh, they brought a cart out and I'm not a, I don't attack carts. I just don't like doing that. I wait. But, uh, but some lady had donated her closet evidently. And uh, I don't know if you know about the Tory Burch brand, but uh, there it's a good brand. It, it, you look up the emblem. Cause if you ever see them in a yard sale, it's got a buckle. It's got T's stacked on top of each other. And generally always they're going to be 50 to a hundred dollars resale if they're in wow. good shape. So good they had, <laughs> there were four, four pair of Tory Burch on that cart. There was one other reseller. I was ahead of them. I grabbed three of them. They made the corner and come around and got the other one before. Oh, I got my goodness. But I got three of the four pair. And uh, the first pair, it's been a week. They've already sold $7 I spent on them, sold them for 100 bucks. Jeez, man. Yeah, I'm going to learn a lot from you. <laughs> <laughs> you ever you ever think about squaring up on a guy when he takes your jeans? It's like back uh, off, dude. <laughs> nah, it's not worth it. There's I, plenty I've to been, go around. I have been at so many yard sales where – I'll be standing right over top of something looking and there'll be some guy walk up and lean in and be like, Hey, can I look at that too? And I'm like, yeah, you know, but I mean, I'm, I'm pulling stuff out, but it is fine. You know, reselling one, one good thing about this business is there's pretty much plenty to go around if you're willing to look. So, you know, well, my advice to people, sorry about that. No, you're good, man. My advice to people like if you're going out into thrift stores, one, always be kind. You never right. know when the person that you're thinking that, you know, is your competition that you're trying to out muscle is going to wind up being one of your closest friends that doesn't like some of the stuff that sells really good and brings yep. it to you to put in your buggy. So, you know, yep. be good to folks. It's just what you should do anyway. But this yep. is what I do. I, I try to and I it's a little bit aggravating. But if you stand over an item or stand back too long trying to figure out if you want to buy it, if you know it's something that that's got good potential there's a good chance someone else walks up and just reaches and, and grabs it. Not yep. even trying to be rude. They don't know what you're looking at. You're standing in front of the shelf blocking them. Yep. And so I just go ahead. A lot of those items that I know have a great potential. I just drop it in the buggy. Yep. I drive around with it till I'm done. If it's two hours later, I go find a place in the corner and hide. And then I finish <laughs> looking up and comping and I drive, you know, I'll drive that buggy back around by the shelves and drop the stuff off that I don't want, you know, yep. and, and go from there. That's, so that's Tanya, she does that. She'll, she'll come up to me. Let me see your phone. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. look this up for me. You know, I'm like, yeah, you didn't know it was good. And, uh, you know, she'll, and she's got a really good eye. Most right. of the time, the stuff she brings around is going to be good enough, if not great to put oh, out yeah. there. sell. um, when I go to thrift stores, you know, I hardly ever look at clothes. I mean, I've bought, I've bought a big Harley lot of t-shirts. One time I bought some boy scout oh, yeah. shirts looney tune stuff but as far as just like brands of clothes i think i honestly think i'd rather let you beat me with a leather belt for an hour than to to list stuff like i mean i tell people all the time on the old pass i'm like the good thing about ebay is make it what you love if you hate selling shoes don't sell them you know i mean if you if that's all you got and you want to be a reseller, you may have to be willing to do some of that. Mm-hmm. 
but if you've got plenty and you can be like, I don't want to do shoes, don't do shoes. You know, that's, that's the good thing about it. it. It's so adaptable to what you want it to be. Obviously I love toys and I love, I love anything unique really. Uh, I'll bring up my cell awake here in just a second, but I love anything unique. The other day we were in our local, uh, one of our local thrift stores. We've got so many thrift stores, but some of them are just like, you should probably just go to Walmart instead. You know, they're too high, but we was in one of them. and, And this one does tend to price a little high on some stuff, other stuff. You can catch a deal. They didn't do their homework on this. And, I didn't know that right out of the box, you know, like I, I picked this up and I'm like, this is cool. It's 50 bucks. I believe it's 50. Tanya said 35. It's, it's 35 or 50, but uh, I'm like, I'm putting this in the buggy. I'm going to look it up. What you said while we drive around, I'm looking mm-hmm. it up while we're going around. And I found comps for like 350, 400. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm taking this. And uh, I get it home. I listed it last week. I dropped it off today to ship. Is a vintage Kenwood TS 430S ham radio receiver. Oh, when yeah. I seen the ham radio in it, I'm like, this is bound to be, you know, decent. It sold for $429.99. Oh, and the man. funny thing about that, I had a guy message me, hey, does this work? Does it power on? Does it come with a cord? All the standard questions that if he'd looked at the ad, it was <laughs> right there. But it's fine. I'm like, yeah, it, you know, everything's good. And, uh, he sent me an offer for 350 and I'm like, well, I got 50 in it. I mean, 350 is good. You know, that's not a bad offer. It's 70 off, but it's, it's, it's reasonable. Right. I tell Tanya, she's like, well, if you want to go ahead and take it. So I hit accept. And this wonderful new way of offers is, you know, if it went out to more than one buyer, then that accepted offer is going to go back out to everybody that got the offer. So it doesn't market as sold. It just puts that, back out there basically as a counter offer of $350. Hey, if you want to accept this, he said he'd take it, you know? So I never heard nothing. It never, nothing ever went off. The guy never bought it, never paid for it. Nothing. I finally messaged him and I said, Hey, are you still interested? I accepted your offer. Um, not sure if you noticed. And like two days later, he comes back, uh, run into some family trouble. Don't have the funds. I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, that's fine. So, the next day, which was yesterday, that was half the day's sales. It chinged. Right. And uh, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, like a week for a $430 item. I'm just like, man, because I, yeah. I kind of went to the high side. I mean, it had sold for $399, it had sold for $375. So I shot a little higher and it didn't take no time. But, you know, that's what I love about eBay. You know, it's just so versatile and and so much stuff. And that's that's what I would tell people, you know, too, in in times when it seems like it's slow, you need to really back off of I I feel like this anyway. People may disagree with me, but back off of buying too many items that are just bread and butter that have a lot of competition and slower sell through rates because you're just going to wrap up your money in items that are going to sit. But be Mm -hmm. aggressive. Like you said, even you have to spend thirty five dollars on it when you look it up. And you know that item, it might take a week, it might take a month, but when it sells, it's going to kick a big profit in. And if it's got a good sell-through rate on top of that, say if it's got a 100% sell-through rate, you better jump on those. And that's kind of what's happened for me the last few weeks. My total sales have been much lower, but I've I've been really trying to hit my source and hard looking for things that will sell for 
50, 75, hundred dollars and trying to stay away from low, from investing too much money in smaller things. And it's helped because now I couldn't have predicted when the jacket was selling. Part of the reason it hadn't yeah. sold is because I had it priced high. If yeah. I'd have dropped the price under five, I could have sold it sooner. I was just at that point, I was already sending out offers close to five anyway. And so wow. I was debating like you, I got to offer a 460. If I come back at 480, they may not even respond. So yeah. am I willing to use this? Am I willing to lose it over 20 bucks or not? You know, that was my question to myself. Yeah. On the sale that big that I'm making that much money on when things are slow, I said, this is probably a good time to take that sale because it helps my overall income. And so not very many sales the last two weeks, but I can add up about five or six sales and get close to a thousand dollars of sales just out of a few. That's and crazy. then I got my other ones that add to it. And it's not, it's, I wish it was better, you know, but, but I mean, that bails you out in a slow time. Absolutely. I, I mean, when it's like this and I see one of them hit, I'm like, Oh man, that's yeah. That, that helps you know so much. Uh, normally, we would have a comment of the week right here. Uh, I guess we could. Uh, I won't quote it word for word, but uh, back on the 900 sub celebration, Ken Bill conceded the thousand sub race. We'll take that. We'll, we'll yeah. take. Corey yeah. seconded, so we'll. You know, we are 45 or six subs away, 44 or something like that. By the way, if you're not subscribed and it only yeah. takes 44 of you to get us there, we'd really <laughs> appreciate it if you'd come over and subscribe. Um, did you happen to see, uh, I seen in the news that The Rock is coming back to wrestle or something? Yeah, he was actually, they did a live show in Birmingham. I think it was, I, I might get the date wrong. It seems like it was last week or maybe the week before. But one of their live shows, I think it was the Friday night show, was in Birmingham, and he actually showed up at Birmingham for the live show. Oh, really? Um, so, yeah, he 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 made his way to Birmingham. So, I, unlike you, I've never even been to a live show. I mean, I think it'd be great, oh, other really? than the small ones. I've been to the yeah. small ones. You know, like when they used to have the like like I asked about on the the last live podcast y'all that y'all done. I asked about you know Bullet Bob Armstrong because <laughs> oh, when I was a kid, yeah, when I was a kid, you know. He wasn't in the big groups anymore, but he had his own, his kids and then a bunch of others that he toured around and did like the high school gym shows and stuff. And so he come through town pretty regular close by and we would go watch them and it was always a blast. But, uh, but anyway, I've never been to one of the big shows, but um, well, I can, I can yeah, tell you this. I've been in several arenas. I haven't been to a wrestling show in probably 15 or 16. No, no, probably 18 years. And I ain't been yeah. since Logan's been born. So at least almost 19 and uh, don't really care to go now. I'm right. the kind of guy that if I wanted to watch it, I would turn on TV, sit in my recliner, and drink a Coke and be just fine. But I will say this. I've seen The Rock in person a few times. I've seen I've seen a lot of them, a lot of the big main guys. There was something different about when his music hit, the place would absolutely explode. Like he mm -hmm. was – and I don't really like him anymore. He's – his yeah. views are really messed up, but in my opinion, but he, he had some kind of magnetism and I'm telling you, like when that, if your smell would hit, everybody stands oh, up. Yeah. And they're like, oh my gosh, it's the wrong. But yeah. I seen where he's like 50 something years old and he's wanting to come back and have a main event match mm -hmm. with, I think Roman Reigns or Cody Rhodes or some of them guys. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know. That's, I don't and know how true this is. You know, I don't know how true this is. I know they've been trying to build up the Roman Reigns Cody Rhodes match, you know, so that whenever they decide to let the title reign come to an end, there's a lot of them have been saying that they wanted to, that they thought Cody was kind of next in line 
you know, to kind of take the, the lead role in the company. And there's been, I, I, like I said, I don't follow it really closely anymore. I, I do. I watch the shorts and the little videos and read about it and stuff like that because it's interesting to me still. So I know a lot of the characters and what's going on. But but from what I understand, you know, there's been a lot of controversy about roads getting roadblocked more than one time, mm-hmm. uh, which is having the opportunity. And then this that's to be a controversy right now is Rock coming back on the scene. It's whether they're going to let him step in to be the, you know, the guy that brings the end to, to Roman Reigns title run, or if they're going to stick oh. to the, the path that they had, which was Cody Rhodes doing that. And uh, I, I heard that there might be a, a rock and triple H match though at, at WrestleMania. So I don't know that that might oh. actually be the one that they do, that they're trying to build some conflicts there and turning rock into a heel instead of the good guy. And he got some booze. One of the last events he was at, I mean, he's, he's not, yeah, I seen that he was uh, working on it. hate, a lot of hate over the Cody Rhodes thing, but uh, I read I read a couple of years ago Triple H was done, like he had a heart condition, and I don't know. I mean, if they do it, I I could only see it being like a street fight type thing, right. no bumping, no no hitting, you know, just pure cinema type, you know, like was oh yeah, Stone Cold, Stone Cold come back couple years ago and had a match like that with one of them guys and as far as i didn't watch it but as far as i know he like he didn't bump he didn't take any hits really he just yeah come back for the nostalgia of it so i can see mm-hmm. triple h doing that maybe so now here's an important question who would be your favorite wrestler of all times oh my goodness you know, I don't want to be unpopular, folks, but like when I grew up now <laughs> there, there's two there's 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 two lanes of this okay so I grew up in the early Hulkamania days. So, I mean, it, it was hard not to love Hulk Hogan, man, during the, the original, the original late 80s, early 90s Hulkamania. Before yep. all that ended and all the battles between WCW and WWF, when he was just WWF, Hulkamania, like that was, to me, that was the heyday. There's others that I liked before that. You know, if you want to go like outside of, okay, that's the one that's being marketed. I love me some Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I oh, love Junkyard Dog, man. Hacksaw yeah. probably was my favorite one to watch. I liked Honky Tonk Man, you know. Oh my there goodness! Was, there, were, oh. there were several I liked back in the day, you know. I mean, I thought they were so entertaining. I, I thought Regal was hilarious, you know. I loved his, oh, his yeah. little, you know. There was a lot of them that were, and he was a. They were great wrestlers, good gimmicks, man. Just, and I mean, I don't know. I so many. I was the time I was on the Warrior bandwagon. He was like, you know, the original Crazy Goldberg style wrestler, you know, that <laughs> nobody wanted to get in the ring with. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't you, know, but probably Hogan. You brought up a name right there that I hadn't thought about in a while. William Regal, Stephen Regal, whatever you want mm-hmm. to call him. Probably in the conversation, if I was saying to be one, probably top five greatest wrestlers to never be a world champion. Oh, yeah. Like Definitely. he was, he was a, he was a wrestler. Dude could have probably been a legit wrestler. He was just good. That's what I was going to say. To me, he's kind of in that same echelon of, of like technique and skill and actually not just like the 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 cinema of professional wrestling, but actual like Greco-Roman. He's like Kurt Angle. Yep. I mean, he's got that same type of angle, just did it better, you know, as far as yep. popularity. Could so. you imagine a Kurt Angle, William Regal in their primes match, though? Oh, that man. would be spectacular. Yeah, the kind of stuff they could have pulled off that they could do that no one else can do. I mean. I loved, and I know everything that happened with this guy is horrible, but I loved the Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit matches. Like, oh, yeah. I could sit there and watch them guys wrestle mm-hmm. for like hours because right. they were so similar, you know, 
Chris mm-hmm. Benoit was just nuts. Who who does a diving headbutt off the top rope every single match? Like, hmm, I wonder <laughs> why you had concussions, sir. You know, right. like right. you hit your yeah. head from six feet up, flying through the air six times a week, you know, whatever. And you're wondering, you know, but yeah, I make a living you know, falling on my head. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I, that's, I don't know. I mean, William Regal, I, if I had a top five that was never world champions, he would be there. Scott Hall would be there. Yeah. Probably Roddy Piper would be there. Oh, Roddy's definitely um, on there. I might have to throw Jake the snake in there and maybe Ted DiBiase, you know, like yeah. Dusty Rhodes, which Dusty Rhodes was NWA champion, but, I, you yeah. know, the big, big. But, I mean, like with Ted DiBiase, he didn't need it. He had the million-dollar title. Mm-hmm. He had a perfect gimmick. Like he didn't need the world mm-hmm. title. He, you know, his thing was if he would have won it, he would have – I mean, he technically did and sold it to Andre the Giant or whatever, you know, I think it was Andre. But, I mean, just he had a perfect gimmick and – my favorite, my number one pick right there would have been Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, you know, like yeah, he was thing. so good for to never be world champion. He was he was so good. And I remember when him and Shawn Michaels had their ladder matches, like they were revolutionary. Oh man. They don't yeah. look good now. If you go back and watch them, it's like, well, they didn't really do anything, but you had to realize what they were coming from. Never been done before. Mm-hmm. It was pretty pretty great. Uh but you know, that was that was my day. And I remember when Jeff Jarrett came out and he beat Razor Ramon for the Intercontinental title. I hated Jeff Jarrett so bad for that. I was like, I will never like this guy. And I didn't like him until uh, TNA Wrestling formed, and I was like, okay, right. I'll give him a chance. I still didn't like him, you know, but that's his point. Like, he wants to right. be the guy that nobody likes, and he does a pretty good job. <laughs> what I was going to say, you know, in that like that list you made, and I think that's one of the common things in wrestling, some – some characters, it's kind of like it's kind of like some actors in Hollywood that their whole career they're the su- supporting actor. They're yep. one of the best people in their field, but they're always the supporting guy, you know. Yep. And uh, and I think that's kind of where some of those guys fall. They could have easily, you know, if they would have been given a different a different gimmick at the start and been promoted as instead of a something other than a heel, you know, because a lot of them yep. they were stuck being a heel their entire career, and some have turned that into a title, but it's been far fewer wrestlers has been able to take the role of being the primary heel and, and become a champion. So, but uh, that, that made me think too. I know I mentioned all those earlier in that early era, but kind of, so my teenage years, by the way, I'd have to go with the animal. I didn't know why I didn't think of him, but man, I love, I love watching Mick Foley talk about craziness, you know? (laughs) So, I mean, I, I enjoyed that. Mick Foley, man. Oh my goodness. Crazy. Talk about somebody that done something people never done. Like who, Oh man. And, and people, you know, people's automatic reaction is going to be, well, the cell, you know, undertaker threw him off the cell oh, choke yeah. slammed him through the cell. You got to go farther back than that. Go back to Japan and yeah. watch Mick Foley and Terry Funk and their barbed wire rope oh, matches, exploding rings. And, and I remember Mick Foley was fighting uh, Vader. I think maybe I can't remember anyway, when he got his head stuck in the ropes, and it tore his ear half off. Oh they gosh. said the ropes was over tightened just too much. So he couldn't slip. You know, they they have that deal where mm-hmm. they get tangled up and the ref can just kind of pop them out, you know. Well, this time he couldn't do it. Like he was in these ropes way too tight. And when mm-hmm. the ref finally got it apart, whoosh, tore half his ear off. I'm like, 
dude, this guy's nuts. Like, and when he was in the cell match with the undertaker, you know, he's missing a tooth. that's coming out up here through his lip and he's pushing on it with his tongue to make it show better. And I'm like, Mick Foley's nuts. Like, yeah. Oh, it was, it was absolutely about getting a reaction from him. Like (laughs) got to make people happy. And you know, you love what you do when you're willing to be slammed on tax and set on fire and, Thrown him and Terry Funk. Oh, Terry yeah. Funk was just as bad. Yeah, him, him and Terry Funk, as far as the hardcore stuff, I mean, that, it didn't get no more real than that, I'm telling no, you. No, you're not going to top that. Crazy. I don't care if you use light <laughs> tubes and all yeah. this stuff. Right, right. Because, you know, everything you see today, they founded that from Terry Funk and Mick Foley. You know, like that. that is their original mm-hmm. gimmick. Because like, Mick Foley will tell you, you know, I never had a body. If you was looking for some big muscled up bodybuilder oh, guy yeah. to be a wrestler, he's like, I'm not it. So he had to do something different. Right. And uh, it kind of reminds me like of uh, Bubba Ray Dudley. You know, he was never a mm-hmm. bodybuilder shredded. He had to be that character to be interesting. You know, I, I mean, I say interesting. I remember the first time I seen Samoa Joe wrestle. You ever heard of Samoa Joe? Oh, yes, absolutely. I, was, I watched his first match in uh, TNA back in the day. And they had been promoting him like Samoa Joe's coming. He's the ring of honor champion. He's coming to TNA. And I'm like, Oh, this is going to be awesome. This guy's highly acclaimed. Like great. When he walked out the curtains, I see this fat, you know, Samoan guy. And I'm like, he don't look like nothing special, but when he got in the ring, it's like, dang, this guy should not be able to move like this. He flying all over the place, like a cruiserweight, you know? Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, I've, that's that's awesome stuff right there. I love it. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've went almost an hour. That's not that's bad. Pretty good for a first show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all except for uh, that dad joke stuff. I don't. I don't know about all that. <laughs> well, get used to it. It's going to happen a lot. <laughs> oh, listen here. <laughs> oh man, have you ever been fired from a podcast after one episode? <laughs> I figure about as well take a chance, you know. <laughs> take a shot. Yeah, knock the king off his perch, right? I mean, it, look, it's all that talking about wrestling. It's got the smack talk, you know. Oh, you laid the smack now. Yeah. <laughs> it's got it's got it boiling up, brother. <laughs> boiling up. That's right. Well, this has been fun. This oh, is yeah, just man. this is episode 39, but it's really episode one of the new old guys podcast. The two old guys podcast is back. We're excited. Yeah. We're ready. <laughs> We're gonna be here every week, Lord willing, unless something happens like grandpa used to say, unless the creek don't That's creek it. don't rise, you know. We'll be here. And uh keep keep your attention on the show because we have some exciting stuff. Hopefully, I won't say for sure, but hopefully next week um, on Josh's channel, on our channel, and on this channel, we'll have some news. So that's yep. that's what we're hoping for, is to be able to drop some, some more exciting news about the meetup. We want everybody that can to come, but I will say this. The venue is limited. Um, you know, we're going to try to do children free again, like we did last year under a certain age, whatever. So there's going to be a limited amount of tickets. We can't do, you know what we can't do. There's fire marshal codes and all that, but we want as many people as can to come. We've tried to make it as affordable as possible. Uh, we're probably going to be at 25 bucks. 
25 bucks a head is like, you can't even go out to eat for that anymore. So we're going to feed you. You have a chance to talk to people. It's going to be like a five, what do we say five, six hour event. I mean, it's going to yeah. be a, a whole night, you know, basically of just getting to hang out and share food, fellowship, fun. Just have a good time. Yep. So we're, we're definitely looking forward to that. And yeah, so. plus Josh is going to come hang out with me. So that's going to be awesome. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully I'll say it like that. No, it's Hope- going to be good. It's you might be might be like first night. We gotta go. We gotta get out of here. No, no. <laughs> no it's gonna be good. I'm looking forward to it. We're, we're excited about it. We were too. talking about it again last night, trying to nail down what day we want to leave. You know, uh, as far as her putting in time off. So uh, we're 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 gonna work on getting that coordinated. It may be. Uh, I know I I talked to Ben and and he said that there were vendors, even though it's so I've never got to go uh, to this, even though it starts in Alabama because I wasn't you know yeah. I wasn't reselling. I wasn't doing a lot of yard sale reselling when i started mm-hmm. uh but anyway but i know it starts around gaston area i think and then goes from yep. there but uh but he said that you know it's advertised thursday through sunday of course but he said starting on monday there were already people selling so yeah, we, we may just make a well, week sometimes it. it's the weekend before like a lot of times you can go out on the saturday before and there's already tents which i don't do a lot of the tent city i honestly to be honest with you i don't do a lot of the 127 mm-hmm. uh, i will go but when we go, we're going to the beat off the beaten path stuff, you yeah. know, like that's where your real yard sales are. Not saying you can't find stuff. You can find stuff, but yeah, it goes from where 127's at in Alabama all the way into Michigan. Like mm-hmm. it's it's literally, unless I'm wrong, the world's longest yard sale. And I'm yeah. glad you brought that up about time off because if you if you're planning on coming, anybody that's yeah. planning on coming, you better book now. Because I did just a quick little Airbnb search. Several of the things around here are already booked. I was like, man. Oh, man. And they're that weekend. So that's probably right. people coming to the 127. Yeah. And that's we why got, we're trying to get. I'm we sorry, got brother, several hotels it. too, you know, just, mm-hmm. uh, but you can't wait. You, you cannot wait yeah. until the last minute. You just can't right. do it. Yeah, that's that's why we were trying to nail down when we might want to leave because we know we need to get those reservations made soon. Yeah, I would suggest, you know, anytime there's a big event like that going on, uh, you know, not necessarily the, uh, I mean, the meetup's the biggest part, right? But but the yard yard sale itself, there's going to be people all, it's not just going to be, you know, at Crossville, it's going to be all along the route, wherever there's a pretty major jumping off point, there's going to be people coming in from all over that are going to be spending most of the week sourcing and, and hitting up the yard sale. So it's it's not going to be, well, you know, if you can't get a place, you know, 15 minutes from, uh, you know, the event, then you can just go down the road a little bit. I nope. mean, they're going to be filling up too. So you better find something. I know we have, we have hotels on two interstate exits in our town. And there's, I believe, two hotels on one exit and two or three, I think two or three hotels on the other exit. When they're full, they're full. After that, you're either going to be staying like 45 minutes up the road in another town or 30 minutes down the road in another town. So, I mean, that you know, it is what it is. And I, I know there's more Airbnbs than they used to be, mm-hmm. but it ain't like they're everywhere up here. So yeah. don't wait. If you're planning on coming, at least look into that stuff now. Like, because, yeah, it's definitely worth checking out ahead of time right 
All right, man. Anything else before we head out? I think we're good. We are good. So you know what comes now, right? We are two old guys. And we are out. Out of here, guys. See you guys.